Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of And Why. It's been a minute. Um, today's episode is going to be with Miles Hansen, and he is a marketing coach at Heart Funnels. Heart Funnels is a place where he builds ethical and sustainable marketing ecosystems for coaches, creators, and entrepreneurs. His goal is to eradicate bro marketing, and he's going to touch upon that a little bit more. But some fun facts about him includes he loves playing the guitar. He loves anything outdoors, coffee, and a nice cold West Coast IPA. Anyways, I'm going to just hop into the episode. I really enjoyed my conversation with him, and we touched upon really interesting and vulnerable things. So, tune in. Actually, yeah, we already said all that. I was just going to ask, how are you? But... (laughs) <laughs> well i started recording already <laughs> perfect um i'm good it's been really busy but how what about you you have a tattoo on your sorry this i have i have a you do? visual add <laughs> i saw your tattoo what it's is a the, crescent moon when did you get that what, what made you get that um uh honestly so i went to the tattoo place and then i was with my best friend Two of my best friends, actually. Uh, But my best friend and I agreed that we're going to get a tattoo that day. We went, and then I got, like, cold feet. I was like, oh, no, no, I don't don't know if I can do this. You know, it's it's fine. Maybe I'll just pass this time. And she was like, you're going to walk out now? And I was like, not if you say it like that. And so I was thinking of getting a flower when I got there. And I was like, okay, but I can't get a flower because it's too big. So I want something small. And the first thing that came to mind was a crescent moon. So when he asked me for a photo, I was like, uh, I just Googled something really quick and I gave it to him. So it was a really like impulsive thing. Spontaneous. But I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But That's I realized so cool. that I was always attracted to the crescent moon. So oh, it made I love sense. it. I love it. My first tattoo is very similar. It was like, I'm going to stop putting this off. I just want to get one. Yeah, I don't it doesn't have to mean anything. You know, people, including myself, build it up as this thing because it is, you know, it's forever. But it's it's also not forever. If yeah. You think, if you think about it. Yeah, because it's going to we're disappear. all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, God. And if you want it, get it. It's art on your body. Yeah. And What's yours? So I, um, I have on my in the back of my triceps, I have one on each side. So I have Oh. Just some triangles that mean something to me. But oh. I also was like, I'm not going to ever get sick of triangles. You know, if I get something really specific, I might not like it in five, ten years. But like, I'm not going to hate triangles. They're just a yeah, shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one is a penguin. You can kind of see it. Oh, my gosh. I got it. It's like a one-line penguin. I got it in India. And it's oh. basically my spirit animal. I love penguins. I think they're amazing creatures. And uh, I have a lot in common with them. <laughs> Why? How? Um, well, you know, everyone. Do you waddle their, too? I waddle. Okay. My feet kind of stick out like that. Okay. <laughs> um, but more so uh, just their energy, like they're So a lot of people with their spirit animal, they're like, I'm a lion. I'm a wolf. You know, it's like really, to me, that's a little bit of an ego uh, yeah. stroke. Like, Yeah. I'm this, I'm the fiercest animal in the, in the jungle. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty chill, you know, (laughs) I'll do what I have to do. But at the end of the day, I'm just 
hanging out. Um, but I'm also a survivor. You know, penguins are, um, they live in really harsh environments, mm-hmm. most of them, and they can survive and they're very family oriented. They're very loyal creatures. They're kind um, and they're cute as hell, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because I have a similar story. Really? I Yeah. So I was interviewing, I, this was in high school though, but I was competing with someone for like a, a big position. Like it was an in-class position, but I was competing with someone and they asked us, the last question was, what is your spirit animal? And she was like, I'm a lion. I'm a tiger, you know, <laughs> roar, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm a bunny. And then they were just, everyone just started laughing. Yeah. I got the position though. So <laughs> I don't know what I said that was right, but I guess it was just honest and relatable and all that. I but love that. It was really funny. Yeah. It's out of the box thinking. It's a, it's like. I had a friend who um, went to the Amazon and did a did ayahuasca, and the the shaman gives you mm-hmm. a reading and like gives you a legitimate spirit animal in that moment. And oh. he's like this country, hardcore, <laughs> just man, like the manliest man, like mountain man from Wyoming. And uh-huh. he get he got a mouse. He got a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at first he's like, "Wait, really?" That's my freaking <laughs> spirit animal. But then, of course, the meaning behind it was powerful. And right. I don't remember all of it, but it was basically like they're really intelligent and they're survivors and they're mm-hmm. they're like good at, at thinking strategically or something. It was it was really cool how, how it worked out. <laughs> right, right, right. My cat. Oh, She's trying to. So cute. She looks young. She's only seven months. Oh, wow. six months. Yeah. yeah super cute. <laughs> she said hi. Oh my god, I love this Aww. so much. This is so much to handle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is this video being recorded? No. Oh, no. I wish everyone could see this. I know. I don't that do was, video though, but that was epic. She just Got up hi. on the rail with her two paws over the rail and just yeah, started meowing. Yeah, she saying hi to people. So cute. But it's also because I trained her too. I was like, say hi. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yeah. But um, did you – you went to India, right? So do you want to yeah. talk about your travels a little? Because yeah. I thought that was really cool that you traveled so many places before COVID, of course. Yeah. I'd love to. I've always – Traveling, I think for a lot of people, you know, traveling is one of those things in life that we want to do. And um, before this bigger trip to like India, Southeast Asia, I really only had been to like a little bit of South America, Central America, and um, like a little bit of a Euro trip, like Barcelona, Italy. Um, And so this one was, I was, it was with my partner at the time and we just had this like moment in Denver where we said we should just go travel for a while. There's nothing holding us back. And she had done a lot of traveling, especially in India. And so we just went. Um, And so we went to Southeast Asia. So Thailand, Vietnam, spent about a month there, spent about a month in Bali, Mm -hmm. which was kind of spontaneous actually, because Thailand was and Vietnam were beautiful and incredible, mm-hmm. but they were also 
very challenging. Like a lot of things happened to us, mm. um, like getting sick. We were also both vegan at the time. So that was really hard. <laughs> and so after a certain point of just, you know, some real challenges, we decided to just kind of take a month off and go to somewhere really easy, which was yeah. Bali. Because of course, yeah. you know, it's become kind of a touristy place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, uh, there's a lot of vegan restaurants and food uh, and really? stuff like that. Oh yeah. Where, where we were, Ubud, which is incredible. It's more, it's more jungly. And, um, there's just like, it just feels like a small community of like hippies, basically very spiritual, <laughs> a lot of yoga, really cool people, uh, from, from all over, but, um, yeah, and they have a lot of great food and restaurants there. So that was really fun. Did about a month there and then went to India. And at the beginning of the trip, we both decided uh, she had done a retreat before, like a yoga retreat. Mm-hmm. And I did a brain training workshop at that retreat. And so afterwards, we decided to do one together, her and I, in India of all places. And so we booked a place and we planned it all out and we got um, about 10, 11 people to fly out from the States to Rishikesh, oh, wow. India. And so we we traveled in India for about a month uh, around Rajasthan and then worked our way up to Rishikesh. And I mean, it's just incredible. I think mm-hmm. everyone should go to India if they can because it just... It's so beautiful and also <laughs> yeah. so raw and ugly and hard at the same time. You you really see like the full spectrum of life. Yeah. And you see whatever you want too. Like you if you have the mindset and the intention of seeing the worst of the worst of human kind, you know, like mm-hmm. really hard to see things, you'll see that. But if you all, if you want to find the beauty in humans and their culture and everything then you'll see that too so we saw it all and we did the retreat it was incredible um and then that was like right when covid was starting to become a thing Mm. and right when we were in india uh the first case was in india of covid so was it was it in india well the first the first case in india like okay um, at the time it had been you know, more, I guess, more common in, in other, you know, Asian countries. And I don't know if it had made it, I guess it had made it to the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was like Asia and then it really took off in Italy. Right. And then right. I think U.S. started to pick up like, oh yeah, this is bad. Yeah. So we, were in, we were in Bali when we first heard about it and we thought, oh yeah, that's just, you know, just something in the news like we didn't think yeah, anything yeah, yeah. of it like a lot of people and so we just kept traveling and then we're in india and then it became like serious and then the first case was in india and then um we heard talks about like shutting the borders so that's oh when gosh. we decided to go home we were going to continue traveling we were going to go through like eastern europe on our way back but we just uh we barely made it back uh, mm. One of our flights got canceled. We rushed back, got in and thought we, you know, at the time it's so scary because we didn't know anything. So everyone's, you know, there's people wearing really intense masks and hazmat suits and spraying everything yeah. down. It's like out of a movie. So we oh were both gosh. 
thinking for sure we we got COVID, um, which we didn't. But um, yeah, so that was kind of just the logistics of of the traveling. It was it was incredible. Um, I I freelanced, which was my first like true freelancing experience mm. at that time. Um, just doing like marketing freelance for a few clients, which sustained me and allowed me to like really just build my portfolio and and learn some new skills. So it was a crazy experience. I'm glad I did it and I'll definitely go back. After after COVID. After COVID. Whenever, yeah, whenever it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. That sounds like a really amazing experience and I'm glad it happened for you. Mm-hmm. Um what did you learn from that experience? Um and how did that, you know, what did you learn that is applicable to your life, you know, as a entrepreneur, as a creative thinker, um, and someone who's as like soulful as you. I can mm. tell that. Thank you. I love that. I learned a I learned so much. I like to say it was really a really potent trip because I, I feel like I learned in four months what may have taken me like five years to learn if I didn't travel. Right. Just because number one, I was with my partner at the time and we were, you know, maybe a year and a half into our relationship and had never lived together before that. Mm. So we go from not living together to traveling the world together, essentially living in really small places, dealing with all the challenges and miscommunications that come up. And we're Mm. both, we were both very uh, like intense and and passionate people. So we would, you know, get into conflicts often, which taught me so taught both of us so much about, you know, just from the relationship side, but also yourself, because everything's just a reflection and or projection. And so it just allowed me to like really take deep breaths and like sit with certain emotions whether it's stress from trying to find our next place because we don't want to stay somewhere any longer or um, her getting violently ill for like mm-hmm. f- four days and, and right when we were planning on traveling to another country. So moving from Airbnb to Airbnb and um, losing things and passports and just all the challenges that come with that, it just allowed me to – like that's when I really picked up journaling so if I ever felt like an o- overwhelming emotion, I would turn to my journal instead of like lashing out and I would just break. I think this is one of the biggest things I learned. It's just emotional intelligence. I would just mm-hmm. break down whatever's happening with myself in the journal. Like here's what triggered this. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's what I want to be feeling or here's like how I think I could handle it or want to handle it Mm -hmm. and I would just have like a candid conversation with myself which is what I think journaling is for me at least and I always felt so clear after that Mm. and then I could like approach her if I needed to with like from a state of calm and curious and like loving and compassionate so that was a huge lesson and of course that's a that's a life skill, not just a relationship. I mean, the same with your business. Like I, 
I had plenty of challenges arise when freelancing and, and now in my business that you have to be, you can't get emotional. Yeah. Or I should say you can, but you can't let those emotions dictate. You can't act out of those emotions. Right. And so I think I've learned that that's one of my superpowers now is, you know, I've been in moments where I just feel like my world is crumbling and there's no way to dig myself out of something. And when it used to break me, now I can sit with it and then like let it flow Mm -hmm. and then make a decision from the right state of mind. And then it's just in hindsight, you're like, wow, I can't believe I used to make such a big deal about this stuff because it's just going to keep happening. You're always going to have challenges. And if you don't, then you're probably doing something wrong, right? You're not growing. <laughs> right. So that's a couple things that, that I've learned, um, but I learned a lot. <laughs> so I recommend it for everyone. Yeah, I think I think emotional intelligence is important, especially since like you were in a relationship. Um Can I ask if the relationship like continued after the trip? It did. Um, It's not. We're not together right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, continued after the relationship. And, you know, we really grew together. We went through a lot together. Mm. Um, Yeah, this sounds like it sounds like it. Because (laughs) I can't imagine like traveling with someone or living with someone right now. Because like I like my space and I like my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But... (laughs) You did that like right off the bat. Um, so I'm I'm sure you learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was intense. Um, but we both grew from it. We both learned. Um, and I think it's actually a really good, if I could recommend, just just do that. If you're in a serious relationship and you're ready to like take it there, go travel. <laughs> For a long period of time. Yeah. That will be the ultimate test and the, the ultimate, ultimate test. I think it's well, it, if you can travel, one saying I've heard is if you can travel with your significant other for a year, you could do anything. Really? Yeah. Wow. 100%. 100%. And I can, not, I not can living attest. together, travel together. Yeah. Living together is also challenging, but it's nothing compared to traveling together. Because at least when you're living together, at least you have like, you're grounded. You have Mm -hmm. one place, you have your routine. Hopefully you have like your own space. But when you're traveling, it's all up in the air. Like you're never guaranteed anything, especially Southeast Asia and India. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's crazy the things that happen. And magical too. Like all the lows, they're equal highs, you know, equal highs on the other side. So incredible. So did you start your business when you were traveling or was that because I know you had a business before COVID started and then COVID inspired another business. So there was two. Yeah, I'll give some context. Basically, you're right. Um, But just to clarify, so I have been doing marketing forever. I've like touched every area of marketing. Um, I've been like the marketing director for a couple companies And then on the side, I've almost always had something that I'm trying to start, Mm -hmm. like a brand or, you know, first thing I ever got into on the side was building websites for myself. And then I learned all these different things. And then um, I had a couple, I had Hustle Healthy, 
which was like a website and I was going to do courses and stuff for, for entrepreneurs that are hustling, which at the time mm-hmm. the word was way cooler than it is now. <laughs> now I don't like the word, <laughs> Yeah, but that was an experience. And then I had uh, a couple others, like a marketing agency. And then I had, um, brain thrive, mm-hmm. which is, and that one's still going on, right? It is, but I'm not giving it really any energy it's kind of on hold right now okay and what's brain what what was that yeah so that's based off um that was born out of my part of my story with you know I i think everyone at some point has some sort of lesson around health where they something happens to them um sometimes it's you know life altering and maybe it's not as big of a deal but you realize oh i need to take care of my health and like Mm. take it into my own control so for me it was brain fog and it's a long story so i'll give you the short version i was almost out of college when it hit me um that's not true it was like middle of college it hit me then i had this intense brain fog and tightness in my chest and i was disoriented and then that pretty much kept happening for like six years severe Mm -hmm. brain fog where I felt like disconnected. Um, I couldn't hold a normal conversation. I would lose train my train of thought all the time. So if I did any sort of presentation, it would be the most stressful thing ever because I knew that I was going to forget everything. Oh my gosh. And so it was, and I was socially awkward because of it, which is not me. So it just, I, I went down the rabbit hole of the brain and brain health and the gut, gut health, and yeah. you know, basically just everything to try to clear this fog. And I went to doctors, it didn't help. They tried to prescribe me like the cl- the classic story of some sort of health crisis. No one, no one can help you. You're on your own rock bottom. And then you start learning it yourself and taking it into your own control. And that's what I did. And I learned so much that, and I cleared my brain fog. Oh, wow. That I, took all the stuff that I'd learned in my story. I started writing about it on Quora of all places. I just, I decided to write a, um, basically a little article a day answering people's questions around the topic. And some of them, you know, really took off. And a lot of people started reaching out to me like, Oh my God, no one's, I've never heard anyone explain it like that. This is exactly what I'm experiencing. And so I Mm. helped some people and then, yeah, that led into, you know, starting a Facebook group, that's not, not being very taken care of at the moment. Like I said, I'm not giving it a whole lot of energy right now for certain reasons, but that's brain thrive. And my goal there is when I have more space to really create a community and a a path for people to do what I did on their own for their own version of brain fog. Cause it's different for everyone. You right. know, for me, it was very diet focused. Like I had to fix my diet and my gut for someone else. It could be you know, thyroid or blood or mold or their environment or just stress. Like like there's so many different things that cause this term brain fog. Right. So that's what that is. And it's really cool. It's really exciting. That's so cool. Cause I feel like I have brain fog, but then it comes and goes. Yeah. 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 A lot of people have like minor or um, occasional brain fog. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you drink and the next day you're foggy or you know for a lot of people it's a lot of breads and glutens and stuff will make them foggy 
Um, and yeah, there's ways to like prevent that because brain fog is, is a message from your body. Like you're doing something wrong. Like you need to kind of yeah. just take care of your, your brain. But if it's severe, like mine was where it's constant, like it never went away for six years. Wow. And then one day it did, like it was, it, it was foggy. And then one day I woke up and it was clear as day and it was like the best day of my life. And it's crazy. It usually wow. doesn't, I don't think it usually happens like that, but mine was just so severe. And also the strategy that I used to finally get rid of it was pretty drastic. So it cleared up almost, inst- well, after 30 days, it cleared up instantly. Wow. And that was just a diet. Well, it was a lot of things, but I would say the biggest thing was, yeah, cutting out like gluten for 30 days and processed foods and sugars and stuff like that. And then exercising, but not exercising. Like I I was really, it's funny because at the peak of my fog, I was from the outside, the fittest I have ever been. I was like, really I would work out twice a day really heavy take a lot of proteins and pre-workouts and eat a lot to try to bulk up like that whole thing I think that was a huge contributor so working out but in a way that was like healthy which sounds right (laughs) yeah balanced yeah exactly yeah that's so cool does technology have a thing Mm. does does technology affect or cause brain fog because I feel like nowadays we just see so many screens and we're easily distracted you know we have like five different screens that we can grab at arm's length and I feel like that would be a cause of my brain fog because I'm always like distracted or disorganized just that alone and then that causes stress which perpetuates the brain fog so I don't know if that was one of the stressors definitely a vicious cycle that we can get in And I think that screens and technology has a huge impact on our biology. Um, And I mean, even just so sleep is one of the most important things for me. It's Mm. the, it's like my big domino. So if I, you know, don't get good sleep one night, then I'm way more likely to wake up and eat shitty. And then that yeah. snowballs into continuing to eat shitty. And then that snowballs yeah, into yeah, yeah. not going to the gym because I'm not motivated. And it's just a, it's the big domino. Yeah. So sleep is heavily influenced by light. And so if we're putting an artificial light into our heads at weird times of the day, then it just confuses your clock, your internal mm-hmm. clock. And then you're, yeah, you're kind of screwing yourself up a little bit. So hundred percent, even just, that little example there's so many others and then technology is um i think it controls more people than it well social media to be specific Mm. like our phones and notifications and emails and social media is like controls us more than i think we control it yeah because that's literally the whole purpose sadly yeah 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 (laughs) you know so to um obtain our attention and, and then sustain it um yeah it's mm-hmm. it's really really toxic i would i would say i turned off my notifications for a lot of my applications because it's just if i see it i would want to like open it um so if i turn it off and i don't need to open it i wouldn't um so it reduces my screen time but it's so hard especially when your job is in marketing in yeah. social media 
So how did you do, how did you handle that? In one word, I've learned boundaries. Mm. (laughs) Just having boundaries for yourself and setting up some structures. Without any structure, I'm a mess. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a double Scorpio, if that means anything to anyone. Double Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all over the place. And so I have to have boundaries and like sit with myself and set, and create those like maybe quarterly just to make sure that they're good. Because, um, yeah, I'm on social media for my business, but I've actually, and this is part, like I, I teach like, um, marketing minimalism so there's Mm. so many different things out there that we're like you got to have a tiktok a youtube instagram all these things and the reality is you don't have to have anything you you get to pick and of course there's strategy behind it but you by no means have to have a certain number of platforms so i have come all the way down to just instagram Mm. from a social media perspective and so that right there makes things so much easier for me. I don't have to log into multiple accounts and worry about posting on different things because, yeah, sure, that might help a little bit, but the net is way more draining for me, my attention scattered. And so just focusing on one platform is a boundary I've set for myself and it works. And then number two is like having... I've built a routine for myself. Usually when I go to the gym, I do like 20 or 30 minutes of cardio before I work Mm. out, before I lift. And it's just natural for me to, while I'm not doing anything with my mind, I'll put it into social media for that time. And that's about it. I'll post spontaneous stories if it feels good and stuff, but I'm not letting it suck me in like it used to. And I'm like, let's be real here. Sometimes it does still. I'm not perfect. But that's yeah. where it's that's that challenge of you have to have boundaries and you have to do your best to like notice when it's sucking you in and try to put it away. And then yeah, get rid of the notifications because that'll <laughs> that'll crush you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it you know, there 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 is like this there's like this theory of like, you know, there's the reason why there's certain um, colors being used, you know, um, why the application looks like that, why notifi- notification looks like that. It, it's supposed to trick us into thinking there's something urgent, um, important, and then you have to open it. And that's 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 where they catch us. Um, so turning it off has been really helpful because I yeah. then I don't see the point of opening my phone unless it's to play Spotify music. Yeah, same. Yeah, or take pictures of my cat. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Exactly. The important stuff. Important stuff. (laughs) Music and my cat. Yep. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So that's really cool. So have you seen um, having one social media platform and just focusing on one actually benefit you more? Um, And in term besides, you know, decluttering your mind, has Mm -hmm. it performed better for you as like as a business owner? It did. It did. So uh, I wanted to answer this in a way, um, if you zoom out a little bit, my opinion on on social media, which is such an interesting topic, from a business perspective, I believe there's two sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. 
there's is that can you hear that what can you hear that no okay good sorry <laughs> what there's just some noise that I, I don't i hope you can't hear it um okay so there's two two sides of that coin okay <laughs> there's um content right if you're a business just putting your ideas packaging up them up in a creative clear simple way that resonates with whoever your people are that you're attracting. That's common. Like everyone knows that. Um, so there's content, but then there's also, we'll call it relationship building or engaging, actually mm -hmm. using the app in the way that it's intended to connect with other people. So if you, I believe if you're just doing one, it's half the battle. So you have to have two. If you're creating content, but not like connecting with anyone, you're not, you don't um, like, having messages and back and forths with people either in the comments or in the DMS, if we're talking Instagram, if you're not doing that, then really what's the point? Unless you're like a big company that just, you know, you have this like mm -hmm. funnel where you're, you're paying a lot and getting people in and it's just working. But most like the people I help coaches, creators, um, who are maybe a little earlier in their business and they don't have a huge, like ecosystem that's running for them yet. Right. They don't have an email list and, and, and following that's like really producing. Um, then it's good to build one-on-one -on -one relationships, real human relationships and do the unscalable, do the things that feel like they're a lot of work, but they actually produce real relationships with people. Because if you're in any sort of client or, you know, higher higher service mm -hmm. business then that's what's important no one's gonna work with you if they don't have a relationship with you in some capacity like they got to trust you they got to know you a little bit they have to see you as like someone who actually knows what they're doing so like an authority um and they have to believe in themselves working with you too so anyway that's a long answer to say one channel does all of that for me with the stage i'm at right now and also is sustainable. I can show up and do those things consistently. Whereas if I'm, if I even add one more channel, then I'm just splitting up my energy. I'm splitting it in half. Right. So at some point I will probably add, maybe hire someone to help with that. But right now I don't need that and I don't want it. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> There's like so much noise going on and there's like a fly in the room. So my oh, cat nice. is like, she's like, there's a fly. Oh, that's And she's just like, there's a fly. So <laughs> exciting She's trying to her. catch it. She's, yeah, because she loves flies. Yeah. And she sees it in the window seal. That's so, like and then she's just like, there's a fly. <laughs> she's just <laughs> trying to catch it, like fighting the window to get it. Um, but so now it's cute. in the room. So now she's just like jumping everywhere. Like there's one in the ceiling now, and I don't know if she's gonna try she's to just gonna jump at it. to the ceiling. She well, she's but very cute running around. She's, she's so loud. I told her I was like, "Be quiet. I have, I'm recording something." Oh, that's so selfish of her not to listen and to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Oh gosh. She's so cute. I can't get over it. I know she's really cute. I'm obsessed with her. And she pops because your whole room is like white. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My color scheme is like black, white, and pink. So, oh, nice. So, yeah. And then green now because like the plants. I love but, it. Yeah. I was thinking of getting her a pink bow for Halloween so that she can be 
my color my color palette. I love that the color palette. <laughs> <laughs> Your cat's got to be on brand, you know. Yeah, she's. Just, it's funny because like everyone said that when I first got her, she's like, "Oh, she's so on brand for you." And it's just, <laughs> you know, black and white. And I was like, she was the only cat I saw, and then I just fell in love with her right away. So it wasn't like I picked her out of like colored cats. <laughs> it's sure. Like she was like the only it's one. It just be. happened. Very um, cute. But yes, back to what you said about you know, having one social media account. I, I love that for you. I think, you know, I, I have a small business too, and that has been kind of cruising too. But for that, I've always only focused on Instagram. And then I just, because, you know, Instagram and Facebook are like the same, you just automatically post to Facebook too. But I really yeah. focused on Instagram and building that up. Um, um, but it's been really slow lately because I'm busy. Yeah. And I'm like putting my energy in other things, like you said. Yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah. You can hear everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was really helpful to just focus in one platform. But now that I have like a full time job, she was like, Oh, we need all these accounts. We need TikTok, Pinterest, um, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. uh, LinkedIn too, because like LinkedIn's important. And it just, it's so tiring. And I was like, We need to hire someone else because I can only do so much as one person. Um, and I'm the only one in her digital marketing team. So Got it. I was like, I'm stretched thin. <laughs> we need, you need to talk to her, tell yeah. her about digital it minimalism. Depend, it just depends. I love this conversation because it's um, maybe not talked about enough where it's like, okay, you could be on all these platforms. Great. But what's the plan? Or, yeah. or, or let's start with the goal. What's the goal? Are you just trying to build awareness are you trying to get customers clients um and then my opinion is start with the platform or platforms that have the best chance of getting immediate uh clients and sales if that's the goal Mm -hmm. and then put more energy into those because you'll build real relationships real relationships require consistency you know good content, some sort of touch point, maybe like actually connecting with them, depending on the business style, the business model. And then from there you can branch out. Um, because a lot of people from other platforms will also, you know, people are on multiple platforms. So maybe if they trust you and like you on Instagram, they'll also follow you on another channel, uh, which will just help grow outwards and be what they call omnipresent, which is cool, but I feel like it's 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 more of um like nice to have like if you have the bandwidth and the resources by all means it's going to you know increase your like your aware more people are going to see you and hopefully right. if you're doing it right then you'll also be able to build a relationship with people connecting with them giving them aha moments teaching them things that maybe they didn't know and then they'll be ready to move into the next level of what I call your ecosystem. Some people call it a funnel, which is there are there are funnels inside of an ecosystem. That's like the um, the scaffolding, if you will. But the mm-hmm. ecosystem, we want to bring people into that. And then it builds the relationship with them. It moves them through dynamically instead of like a linear path that's super mm-hmm. um, predictable when human relationships and buying behaviors and all these things, they're not predictable, you know? Right. 
And so I think that the ecosystem supports that better. And that's a great transition into HeartFunnel. I want to talk about that. And you want, do you want to share a little bit about HeartFunnel yeah. and what it's about? Absolutely. Thanks. I think um, best place to start is just how it came to be. You know, I'd been freelancing for um, just helping clients like with their, basically their ecosystem, right? So um, their online real estate, maybe it's a website, email list email sequences, copywriting, branding, social media, all that stuff. I just, I did so much of that, that I wanted to help people uh, that didn't really know what they were doing. And so my part, my partner um, back when, right when we got back from India, we had all this space because everything was shut down. It was a pandemic mm-hmm. and I, that's when I decided to take what I was doing freelancing and package it up into a business because my partner had started a coaching business. She had started coaching and it blew up. She started getting tons of clients and she needed exactly what I was really good at, which is building like landing pages and funnels and email sequences and all the tech stuff mm-hmm. and the strategic, uh, the strategy part of it as well. And so... I basically treated her as like my first client and I helped her and I put together my business and my plan and my packages and um, ran with it. So that was the catalyst of, of heart funnels, which has gone through so many iterations and evolutions. It's hilarious because I made all the mistakes. Um, I, made it way too complicated. That's why I'm such a firm believer in simplicity and minimalism Mm -hmm. is because I went and I built all these systems and automations because I could, like I knew how to do them, but I made it and I hired people right away. Like I made it so big and bloated and I had, I got clients, like I had some success, but it was so overwhelming and stressful all the time for me and and not sustainable in any way so finally after maybe like four or six months of that model i took a month kind of off and just finished some client work and then let everything settle and thought about like how do i want to continue this how can i simplify this Mm -hmm. and that's when i started doing coaching and supplementing so so i did coaching and building So I would still build these ecosystems for certain clients, but for others, I would just consult them. Because nowadays, if you keep things simple, there's tools out there that everyone can learn and you don't need a whole complex ecosystem. Maybe you just need like a really simple one page website and a form and a couple email sequences and the right content going out and that's it. Right. One platform. Like that is how most people get results at the beginning. And you can learn a lot in that process that will dictate which path to go when you are kind of growing and scaling up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's gone through a lot of evolutions. And today it's really settling into its, I think, longer term um, model if you will 
That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. That's that sounds good. I I I heard about it a little bit from our first conversation, um, but I think I'm getting a really good understanding right now about what it is. Um, I'm gonna ask my boss. Maybe she needs some of that uh, heart funnel conversation. Yeah, because she's about she's about the numbers. You know, punching numbers and uh, mm-hmm. getting the numbers and getting the sales. But sometimes it requires that um, simple simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's methods. That's so interesting because something I talk about a lot is like masculine and feminine energy in a business in marketing. It's mm-hmm. a different approach because I think it's it's more common. It's extremely common actually to talk numbers, which you have to. You have to have that. You can't just you know not have a goal and not have a plan and and right. be aimless with it. But I think that's only half the battle. I think there's a yin and yang when it comes to business and marketing. And so much of it is actually energy mm-hmm. and sustainability. And so that's more feminine typically, right? Right. And the, and the creativity is a little more feminine energy. And so, yes, numbers and logic and masculine energy is important. But I think there's a balance or, or maybe more not a 50-50 balance, but like harmony right, right. for that stage of the business. Maybe it does need to be more logical at this point, but, or maybe it does need to be more feminine, more, you know, creative and flowy. And so I love, (laughs) I love like trying to find the tangible use cases for that feminine, Mm -hmm. masculine, yin, yang. And uh, I think it's, it's also been a huge catalyst for my business success as well. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's that sounds like exactly what I wanted to portray to my boss, but it's like really hard to put into uh, or hard and hard to verbalize. Exactly. Um, But I'm very curious because you travel a lot even now Mm -hmm. in the States. How do you manage your business while being a digital nomad? Boundaries. No, and I'll, what does that look like when, yeah. when you're traveling? Happy to elaborate. Um, let's see. So for me, the first challenge was, you know, you have to put in a lot of energy when you have your own business. There's creative energy. There's like the logical. There's the admin stuff that's heady and you don't really, really love it, but you have to do it. There's... Um, you know, collaborations. Like I just started a podcast with a co-host. And so there's been challenges there that we've, we've learned a lot um, doing that remotely and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think first off, you just have to do it and you'll learn what works for you because everyone's different. But to answer your question, it's, it's again, structure and boundaries. So I have like certain time slots, give or take. I'm not like super meticulous with my structure and my schedule, but I have a rough outline that I can get into a groove with, which is like, okay, Mondays, I usually do these type, this type of work. Tuesdays, I send out my, my weekly email, which is always fun. And it's more of a a business, like creative day. Sometimes I'll write an article or I'll create a presentation for something coming up, um, and kind of plan. That's like a really fun day for me very creative. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Wednesdays, like coaching day, Thursday, I do this and so on and so forth. And that just gives me predictability 
within a kind of unpredictable world, right? Because yeah. when you're traveling, um, maybe you don't have as much uh, of a routine. And so that's something you want to work on too. Like for me, I just, so I'll just give you some examples. Like I just got here in LA a couple days ago. So my first task this week is to f- get my routine in place, have my gym, have, I, I know exactly how to get to my gym. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know, um, also like I'm a, I'm, I love indoor climbing, bouldering. So I'm going to find mm-hmm. that as well. Cause that like really, that's like almost meditation and exercise put into one for me. So just getting my routine in place so I can wake up, I know exactly where to go. I don't have to like overthink everything and, and then just sticking with my calendar and creating boundaries. That's really, that's really kind of it. And if you take care of your health and sleep and diet and exercise first, then everything else seems to kind of fall into place. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Health first. Absolutely. Energy. Energy first. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, it was a good reminder of things I already know or um, enhance the things I knew. So that's yeah. really good. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I feel like we touched on a lot of things and you got to meet my cat. So, and this is also our first like face-to-face meeting as well. Yeah. Because um, the first time was... We were, you were driving and the second time my camera was like not working so <laughs> yeah so this is really nice it is thanks so much for inviting me on here and I love this I've listened to a lot of your episodes now in, in preparation and it's um it's really cool what you're doing and I love your energy speaking Aww, of thank you you're not you know at least everyone has their own style and what they like and so many podcasts are you know, I turn them on, it's like they're yelling at you and it's like yes. super high energy and it's got all these edits yeah. and cuts and I, I know what they're doing and that works for some people, but I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I love your style and your energy and it's very authentic and you're obviously, you enjoy it. So I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah. I've heard a lot of, Annie, you should do ASMR. <laughs> you should. <laughs> And I was like, great, that's what you took away from my episodes. And they're like, no, it's so good. It's because your voice is so, like, soothing. I fall asleep. And I was like, that's not the point. <laughs> but yes, okay. Thank you. Awesome. I will try. I will think about ASMR. Maybe I'll start a YouTube channel tomorrow. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe. That's Mila so meowing in the background. Yeah. Wow. She's so freaking cute. I can't get over it. I know. I have so many pictures of her. Every day I post it on Instagram and everyone's like, oh, daily Mila yeah. pictures. Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> I used to do that too when I had a cat. So I get it. You had it a like cat? Every day. Yeah. She looked very similar, actually. All black. She was tuxedo? Not a tuxedo. Oh, all black. All black. All yeah. black. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cats are just so cute. They are. They're underrated big time, but I kind of like it that way. Yeah. You know, like dogs get all the love and attention, which mm. I love dogs. I get it. But I love cats, dogs too. Cats are so, they're like secret. They're secretly amazing. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Not all cats. The thing about cats is they're so different. Like every cat I feel like is so unique. Yeah, I'm starting to see that too because I my friend had a cat and he's very extroverted. He's like friends with everyone. You meet him and he's just like, I'm your friend, you yeah, know. I'm your friend now. Mila's more <laughs> like, I thought I thought maybe she's just young, but no, it's just her personality. She has like, I think she has like social anxiety. Sure. She doesn't like people. Yeah. She's like slow. She's like, mm-hmm. don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> it's like yeah. she like runs away. Um, so like I'm the only person she like really likes. Everyone else is like, no. Yeah. Don't come near me. It's like the unknown. Like I feel like cats are just scared of everything until they really know it. Yes. Yes. So it can take them some time to get used to you. Yeah. But it's worth She's it. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. My roommates have been trying. They're like, why don't she love me? I was like. Time. Just give it time, you know. So cute. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. Yes. Ended on a positive note. Yeah. Cats. <laughs> Mutual uh, love for cats. Exactly. Yes. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. I hope um, we can continue this or do another episode, maybe on your podcast. That'd be and awesome. And we can talk more. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Let's do that. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy your time in L.A. Thank you so much. Enjoy New York. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, lovely people. If you guys are interested in listening to more episodes from us, since you made it all the way to the end, might as well subscribe to our podcast. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, if you want to, give us a rate and review so that we can reach more people with our stories. If you guys don't want to do any of those things, uh, if you want to, share us on social media and we'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode. And to look, I look forward to seeing you in other episodes as well. But yeah, bye.